But first, another one bites the dust. Neobank Vaults has announced it will hand back its licence to APRA and return deposits to its 6,000-odd customers. The announcement comes after its competitor Neobank Zinja folded last year. Of the three first neobanks given licences by APRA, only Judo is still operational and its share price has halved since listing late last year. The CEO of Vault, Steve Weston, cited a tough global economic environment as the number one reason for its failure, but there might be a little bit more to the story. I'm pleased to welcome James Ayres from the AFR with an expertise in banking, fintech and technology. Welcome back to the program. Oh, hi, Kath. Thank you very much for having me this morning. So do you reckon Vault failed because of current economic conditions or was there more to it? Is it just a little too hard to compete in our banking sector? Look, I think it's both of those things. It's certainly hard to compete in the banking oligopoly. Um, the major banks have seen these startup banks appear over the last three or four years and have responded quite aggressively to improve their services. Uh, as it relates to Vault this week, the, the bank needed to raise uh, additional capital, uh, which is required to back uh, mortgages and lending, which is a, a normal sort of arrangement in, in banking. You need to have regulatory capital to support uh, the deposits, which are then uh, lent out. And look, it went to the capital markets. It was looking for $200 million. Uh, and the investors, uh, given the current state of financial markets, uh, were not willing to stump up that amount of money. As soon as it couldn't raise that $200 million, and it needed perhaps another $1 billion of regulatory capital mm. next year to support its growth plans, uh, when it wasn't able to sort of raise that, it, um, it, had to, it had to shut up shop. So this week we've seen 140 Volt staff made redundant and Volts is now in the process of returning about $100 million worth of deposits back to its uh, back to its uh, its customers under the under the watch of APRA. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I guess it shouldn't really be seen as a bank collapse. It's essentially just handing back its badge and gun, if you like, um, to APRA. Because as you mentioned there, it's looking to get yeah, the, those deposits back to customers. But can we conclude when you look at this over the last, you know, 18 months, two years, can we conclude that this so-called neobank phenomenon in Australia has been a failure? Uh, it's definitely challenged. Um, you know, there are a few success stories and there have been a couple of failures. Um, as you said, like, uh, APRA will, 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 will be watching very closely to ensure all of the depositors into Vault um, get their funds back and it is expected that they that they will and even if they if they weren't they're protected by the financial claims um, scheme uh, so you know the the depositors are safe um, the shareholders the investors involved um, that's a different matter the company's now looking to sell its technology stack to, to someone it's unclear whether or not it will be able to do that and the investors in the company itself are, um, are staring down some some losses you you mentioned Kath, in the introduction that Zinja, Another one of these neobanks had collapsed um, in very late 2020. That was a slightly different situation where it started paying savers interest rates, quite generous interest rates, before it had started lending money. So it was the deposits were costing it a lot and it hadn't got loans out into the market yet. And that is obviously not sustainable. So it collapsed and, and, and got all its deposits back. Um, so Vault and Zinger are, are two quite you know clear examples of, of failures of this whole neo-banking startup phenomenon. That being, you know, a couple of successes though, 86, 400. Mm. 
uh, is another one of these um, another one of these banks. And it was sold to National Australia Bank last year for about two hundred and twenty million dollars after it had sort of accumulated about a hundred thousand customers. And the NAB was quite interested in its technology. Uh, you mentioned Judo Bank as well. Um, it listed late last year, as you said. Its stock price um, has performed quite poorly on the market. However, it's a it's a real organisation. It's um, you know it's got about a 1.3 billion dollar market cap, and it sort of expects to be able to grow um, a loan book. So the neo banks would say that they have better tech, faster approvals than than the bigger banks. But have they been able to offer anything? quite substantially different to the big big four. I mean, it's not it's not like Afterpay, it's not a new product per se. And is that part of the problem, that they're actually not able to, to offer anything radically different? They're just getting into a niche market that the banks catch then catch up on? Oh, look, I think that's probably a pretty good way to um, to summarise it. Uh, they, they were hoping they could provide a, you know, a different banking experience, um, you know, use apps and, and, and tech technology and, and no branches and potentially pay customers a you know a higher interest rate and as you said approve loans quicker and the like um, but perhaps it's it, it, it's become it's become clear over over recent you know months and and years that, that that's not enough um, you know an experience for customers is not really necessarily that different and the major banks have caught up on the on the quality of their apps and experiences and approval times quite substantially over the last couple of years since the Royal Commission. Um, I mean, you mentioned sort of Afterpay, like there's a company that sort of reinvented consumer credit products by by changing the, the very structure of the of the product, but, you know, by pushing interest, like, you know, by not charging interest and, and, and putting the cost of the product onto the retailers is quite a different, a different thing. But, I mean, with Vault, um, you're right. I mean, a deposit is not really very, very different to what the banks provide, although they were trying to pay a little bit a little bit more in interest rate mm. and I suppose sort of getting a loan from a from a neo bank is, is not necessarily any better than the major banks I mean I think it was when they started to talk about their models in 2017 and, and 2018 but over the last three or four years the major banks have caught up um, mm. dramatically mm. And, and they're now um, approving loans much faster or in the process of putting in the sort of tech that the neo banks have been talked about to um, to approve loans. Mm. Quite faster. Mm. So even though some of these neo banks have um, have failed, uh, I think they've actually put enough uh, competitive tension sort of into the into the sector to to create a better a better um, a better product at the big end of of town. Well, they may have injected that competitive tension, but what about from an overall perspective in the market? Because competition was the political reason that the uh, former uh, PM Scott Morrison cited for wanting APRA to grant these new licences in the first place. If we're now seeing these so-called neobanks fall over or being bought by the big four, do we still have a problem then with competition uh, in this space? Yeah, competition in banking is really tough. I mean, the, the the collapse of Vault sort of shows just how expensive and and hard it is. So these banks are extremely capital capital intensive, uh, and we're sort of in a in a different market now, where where that capital is no longer free. Uh, the venture capital markets have have um, have dried up. Uh, investors are very nervous uh, and, and 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 are getting more conservative about backing startups and and fintech. So these companies are, are now struggling to haul that 
capital in the door. The the major banks are still maintaining their their market share. You know, the regional banks are you know are trying to to compete. The mutual banking sector trying to compete. The startup banks are attempting to compete. But the amount of firepower that the major banks uh, have uh, and, and the amount that they are able to invest uh, in their own technology and their own systems uh, is, is, is so vast uh, that when they see a threat that's coming in to the market, well, look, three or four years is enough time for them to, um, to invest in, in, in a competitive product. And given they've already got the huge customer base and these $1 billion sort of a year uh, investment budgets that can go into this sort of stuff, it's very hard to try to build scale from nothing mm. uh, against, the, against the, uh, the major banks. So is this it then for new neobanks in the future? Will we not see the emergence of them given those issues just raised? And if, if we don't see the emergence of that sort of fintech business, are there any others on the, on the horizon that could pose a threat to the big four? Oh, look, I don't think you're going to see uh, new neobanks um, appear in this market. And who knows in a few years down the track when um, capital markets become more supportive, whether or not these, these businesses will, um, will be created again. But right at the moment, I mean, it's too expensive and, and difficult uh, for them. Uh, I think that's going to be, um, I think that's going to be very difficult. As, as we said in the introduction, like Judo Bank, which is focused on um, small business, is a slightly different proposition. Um, there are other neo banks like Up, which has been very successful. It's um, it's got about five hundred thousand customers, but it has been bought by Bendigo and Adelaide Bank late last year. So it's also been sort of accum- you know, um, subsumed into into the one of the major banks. As for fintech more broadly, um, you know, you don't need to be a bank to play in the mortgage market. We're seeing new startups like Nano and Athena Home loans, um, which don't hold deposits, so they don't have the same level of regulation as Vault was facing, um, doing okay, like they're starting to do all right. And you're seeing a whole range of different fintechs in the in the market that are um, that are continuing to do okay. Although I think um, uh, uh, the vibe, you know, in the last few months is um, is different, and it's much more challenging uh, uh, given the the state of markets and. Uh, and it's going to be a, a, a tough rest of the year, I think, for a lot of the startup sector. Mm, all about the vibe, which seems pretty precarious right now. Uh, James Ayres, thanks so much for joining us. Not a problem at all, Kath. It's great to be with you. And that was James Ayres. He's a banking, fintech and technology journalist with the AFR.